<laughs> oh yeah, what do you think of that? I think they want to see your pretty face. My pretty face, yeah, the, the, the bald head and everything, yeah. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Uh, so today we're going to be discussing selling. Uh, we're going to be answering some of the questions that we're getting around it, like what are the most important factors when selling? Uh, what steps do homeowners take? What are some of the top mistakes that sellers make? Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with hearing about uh, your uh, biggest recommendations, okay? Sounds good. Let's shoot and let's get some stuff going. All right, cool, man. Uh, before we do that, I'd like to just take a minute and obviously thank everybody who's been listening. Thanks for all of your feedback. Um, feedback is obviously very important to us. It helps uh, make us get better. And also lets us kind of know what you guys want to listen to and what you want to hear and what your questions are. So I want to go over um, a couple of our reviews. Uh, so the first one that we've got uh, is love you guys on this podcast. It has a lot of info to keep you informed on what's happening with the housing market. So thank you for that feedback. We really appreciate it. Um, Let's see. The next one was you guys should be doing video of this recording if you're not already doing it and post it to YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you think of that? I think they want to see your pretty face. My pretty face. Yeah. The, the, the bald head and everything. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> no, I think that's some great feedback is, uh, yeah. you know, thanks, guys. This, yeah. A lot of this information is uh you know, really good. And, uh, you know, the more we can put it out there on podcast and, and touch people through YouTube, I think the more people we can impact, the better. Absolutely agreed. Here we all right. Guys, so we're here to help you guys. Yeah, absolutely. That's what all this is about is being information, you know, providing the truth uh, on what's going on in the market. And uh, knowing that, obviously, when we provide the truth, we trust that everybody has the intelligence to make the best decisions for them. Absolutely. All right. So uh, let's talk about selling. So uh, my first question is, what are the most important factors when selling? So, um, you know, you don't have to limit it to the top two or three, but what do you think are the most important factors? You know, uh, definitely in this marketplace, as hot as it is, your presentation as a seller is always going to be your ultimate. So the pre uh, presentation means preparation. Preparation means making sure that home or that property shows at its absolute best. Right. So, yes, we declutter. Yes, we paint. Yes, we do the garden. Yes, we do anything and everything. And listen to your realtor and get advice from them. I mean, maybe even more than one source to see what it looks like as in a picture and build around that so that you've got that first piece of presentation ready. Then you need to be able to take that, what you've presented and advertise it to the world at the highest possible high definition rate and video rate and, and worldwide web rate. If you can get that together, plus your a good realtor is able to negotiate that is what you need as seller today. If you have all three together, you've got a, you've got a home run. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know this is an area where 
a lot of times it can cost somebody thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Right. And just simple things like maintenance on the outside, you know, landscaping, hedge trimming, you know, maybe putting some flowers out, maybe Mm -hmm. getting the weeds out of the driveway or the backyard. Um, You know, so those would be some examples on the outside, on the inside, you know, simple things like depersonalizing the house, right? Yeah, absolutely. When a buyer comes in, they want to imagine what that house is going to look like for them and them owning it and imagine their family in there with all of their home pictures, not necessarily your stuff all over the place. Um, Simple things like, you know, cleaning, you know, making sure it smells good. Uh, you know, touch up, touching up with the paint uh, in some in some cases, some simple stages can go a long way. Totally agree. And and make sure it's really important. You, you brought about the home smelling well. Yeah, um, I can bring a story into it. I've got a client right now who has an immune deficiency problem and she doesn't like or she has a problem walking into houses that have this this over fragrance of things that we use sometimes to try and make the home smell as well as you can. So there's kind of like a mix. You've got to be very cognizant of not overdoing it and then underdoing it. So, so you try to get that right. And usually um, more than one nose does the trick better than one, than than one. (laughs) So you get a couple people there. The declutter, as you said, Matt is so important. Um, People, as good as we are, can't visualize very well. So we have to almost neutralize without making it look like maybe an emergency room and that is too neutral, but able to give the best features of the property or the home without the clutter there. That yeah. way they can visualize better because, you know, I hear this every day. Oh, I, I didn't see that fitting in there. And I said, but it actually fits there. There's this. That's the size of the unit that you want to put in there. There's your master bedroom and there's your there's there's your king size bed. Oh, it didn't look like it would fit. These are simple things that we kind of have to do and, and actually send that information and give that information to the sellers. Yeah, I would even, uh, you know, I'll share another story with you too. And uh, I don't know if you remember this client that I had probably about, God, it's probably about a year and a half, maybe two years ago now in Boca that was selling their house. Um, and he was an air conditioning, te- air conditioned technician. And he had like used parts on the side of the house, mm. you know, AC units sitting there. I mean, all over the side of his house. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, it had a nice pool. It was on a canal. Um, you know, the inside was laid out nicely. Uh, it was a little bit cluttered on the inside too. Uh, but it came down to the point to where the offers that we were getting were very, very low because, um, you know, he didn't take care of the clutter. He didn't do the yep. outside. And when I originally met him on the listing appointment, I said, hey, you know, here, here are the things that you need to clean up. And uh, we've got an actual a list of exterior things, interior things, kitchen, living room, bedroom, et cetera that you can go through almost like as a checklist to, you know, kind of improve the curb appeal of your home, which then winds up equaling more dollars in your pocket when you sell. Right. 
Absolutely. So that I, list that we have, guys, that one that Matt, uh, Matt is talking about has taken us years of, of refining. And it's not um, our refining. It's the refining that we got from a bunch of different people out there, especially buyers who wanted to see things in the buyer's eyes. Sorry, Matt, I apologize for jumping in there. Go ahead. No, it's all good. So I gave him that list of originally when we had done the listing. And, of course, he said he was going to take care of it. Um, when I went back and we did the photography, it was still there. Uh, he said he was going to put it into a storage unit and then never did. So the sweetheart of a family and a sweetheart of a guy, I actually just spoke to him a couple days ago too. And I said, I was like, if I paid you $20,000 to clean up, would you do it? Yes or no? <laughs> he says, yeah. of course I would. I said, okay this is what you're costing yourself in the sale of your home. You're losing tens of thousands of dollars because of all of this stuff everywhere. Uh, so anyways, needless to say is eventually we got it taken care of and we got it sold. But, you know, sometimes when, you know, we don't know what we don't know because it becomes almost immune to us or we're blind to it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes somebody else from the outside to really notice that. Absolutely. We, we, we kind of always do that. And it's the weirdest thing. You know, so often we'll, we, we'll, or a seller will want to sell a property and we'd come in and, and we would give them this, this new vision of what the home needs to look like for the market. And they go through the process and they start to do these things. And then you arrive um, to, to maybe take photography or something to that effect. But then you get there and the, and, and the seller says, what the heck? Why didn't I do this 10 years ago? I, I didn't enjoy my house. And it's like, wow, we got to, we got to, we've got to see things with a different attitude. Yeah. I would, uh, I think you had mentioned things there, like uh, in, in regards to photography, videography, virtual tours, um, 3D tours, so on and so forth. I think that's extremely important as well. You know, Absolutely. so once you get everything squared away, having the best photography and the best videography is really, really important, right? And without, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I believe that when somebody is scrolling through whatever it is, realtor.com or Zillow or Redfin or, you know, one of our websites or whatever it is, and they are looking at homes. If that first initial picture or two doesn't pop out at you and grab you, the buyers are just moving on to the next one. I agree. And, and they're not stopping to look. So I think, you know, having that total package of curb appeal, outside, inside, great photography, great videography is very, very, very important. I've actually got a group of friends and myself that are on a um, group text and one of my friends is so funny. He actually sends me like $1 million homes with like photos taken on an iPhone 5. <laughs> and when the agent has uploaded the photo, it's not even um, straight up and down. It's yeah, sideways. Yep. Sideways. <laughs> How he's often also, do we see that, right? <laughs> he's also sent me stuff that's been upside down. And I'm like, it's such a pet peeve of mine. And it drives me nuts because I'm like, regardless of the price, right? But the last one he sent me was like $1.2 million. And this, you know, black and white photo is sideways. I'm like, are you seriously? It's a $1.2 million house. And this is the photo that we're going to get, right? Yeah. But, uh, scary. but you know what? It's way more common than people think because 
you know, whether it's somebody that's maybe a for sale by owner trying to do it on their own and they don't have the tech savvy or the equipment to get really great photography and videography on there, or even worse, what even drives me more nuts is I've had a client um, that an agent came in there and took photos with their iPhone and they looked terrible. And she actually wound up getting rid of that real estate agent because it was oh, done yeah. actually by an agent and wound mm-hmm. up hiring me. And then we got her on the right track and got her all her house sold and all that stuff. But it's like the biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves is when an agent will take photography on their cell phone. Totally. Matt, you need to tell that story because that, 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 that story should hit home, you know, and how long it actually took us just to get the house ready and how long it actually took us to sell that house compared to what that other agent was doing out there. Yeah. I mean, look, (laughs) I'll make it quick, but the bottom line was I had um, a girl that I knew that was going through a divorce situation last year that hired another agent because she didn't want to hire me because I knew her, but I would advise her on the side because she didn't want her husband to be upset because I knew who she was or I knew her. Right. So long and short of it, they list the, they list the house with this other agent. The photography is really, really bad. Um, the description on the house is bad. It doesn't really show all of the really good attributes about the house because there were a lot of really nice attributes. And I think she wound up being on the market for 19 days out of the box and got two showings. Yep. In a hot market. In a hot market. So I'm immediately trying to coach her but like in a nice way to say, hey, you know what? Something's wrong here. Look at your photographs. Look at your description. I'm asking her how many showings she's got. And all of the red flags are up, right? And I'm like, look, I'm like, I'm not telling you this as a real estate agent. I am telling this as your friend. I'm like, you need to get rid of this agent that you you guys just hired. I'm like, you guys should have way more action on it right now and should probably at least have an offer to you even if it's not what you want within the first 20 days. So anyways, she winds up talking to her husband. Her husband says, okay, and then wants to meet me. So I said, all right. Um, I went and met him uh, and we hit it off and I showed him everything that we had talked about. And he's like, all right, let's do it. So we had professional photographer come out there, do all the photography, do the videography, do the virtual tour. We launched it during the week on like a Wednesday. We did our first open house on a Saturday. And I think we had about 20 people at the open house. And then within the first week, we had roughly about 12 other showings. But uh, all in all, we had probably about 20 to 25 people in the house within the first seven days. And we wound up getting two offers, uh, presented both of the offers to the sellers Uh, And they wound up going with the second offer and that's the one that closed and that person moved in. But I can tell you this right now, if I had let her go on her way, continuing down the path they were going, that house would not have sold for, you know, six, 12 months. And then, you know, probably eventually would have expired and then eventually had to relist with somebody else before they got it right. Yep. Or somebody would have seen an opportunity and jumped on it and she wouldn't have got the price that she actually well-deserved just because somebody didn't want to do their job right and spend the money. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when I asked the question, what are the most important factors when selling to you? And, you know, you started going 
down the path of, uh, you know, presentation, which is 100% accurate and so, so important, right? My first initial instinct was finding the right agent to represent you. Absolutely. You know, agent representation, people don't realize it. They got this idea that, yes, they come along and you put it onto a system and and this data system goes to the world and and we sell the house. No, not even close. We, We have years of experience about the buyers, the sellers, the market, the direction. But more importantly than that, it's how to direct you and guide you and give you the best advice and actually also not be shy to spend money to get the highest possible goal for, for, for your customer. And unfortunately, when, when the market is like it is, a lot of sellers just don't realize what they're getting. And they, they deal with people that they might know through a family friend or whatever the case is, and they don't have great testimony or don't have a great reputation and they haven't done the background and things go south and they wonder why the property doesn't sell. Well, now you know why the property doesn't sell because you're not well represented. Yeah. And look, going back to what you, what you said in the beginning of that, which is we just put it on the MLS and it blasts out to the world, right? Remember, that can be in a very bad way, too. So yep. it, could, it could be ve- put very poorly on the MLS with lots of things wrong with it. And I see it every single day and then blast <laughs> out to the world like that. And yep. the reality is that really shouldn't be a representation of, uh, of your home, right? Totally agree. You know, it's so important uh, because w- we have such a well-oiled system that takes the home or the property to the world. If you don't get that correct, if your ad writing isn't good, if your photography isn't good, if your video isn't good, if it isn't eye-catching, is if you're sending it to the wrong demographic in the, in the, in the wrong social media format or whatever the case, things gonna, aren't going to work well for you. So, so your realtor should know all the little pieces, not just the real estate. They need to know about the demographics of areas. They've got to know about the demographics of where the ad is going to go. Everything comes together. That's what yeah. you're actually paying for. So let's, let's just stay on this topic for a couple minutes because this, this can make or break everything else that happens afterwards, right? Absolutely. So, you know, how does how does one of our listeners maybe what are some pointers on, on finding the right agent for for our listeners? You know, I always say, you know what? I, I don't care what I say, because what I say means a little, but it's not enough. You need reputation. Go online, look at reputation, look at testimonials, look at history, look at, look, look at how long they've been in an area, how long they've been in the real estate market. Have they been through the upturn and the downturn? Do they know how to sell when the market's going up? Do they know how to sell when the market's going down? Are they order takers or are they actually real estate agents? So that information is readily available to you on the internet, or you can get hold of Matt or I, and we can actually send you a list of questions to ask the people that you're actually going to be dealing with and and almost interviewing. And if they can answer the questions correctly and you can see where they are, then you might be dealing with the right person because there's some really good people out there. 
Yeah, I would say Googling that person or the, the, the people that you're considering would probably be my number one advice to somebody who's looking for an agent. And, you know, you're, you're going to have obviously realtor.com come up, Zillow, uh, you know, some of these other things. You might have a YouTube channel or a Facebook come up. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, if they're really on their ball game, meaning the agent, uh, they would have a Google My Biz set up uh, with ratings and information in there. Uh, but the bottom line is if you do that research, you'll get a pretty good guide uh, in regards to selecting a good agent that fits your needs, right? Totally the agree. The second piece that I would probably do is once you maybe identify that would probably be to call them. And I know this sounds really simple, but I have seen many a times to where uh, you'll reach out via text or maybe reach out via phone call to uh, a real estate agent and, um, you know, they don't respond. Yep. You know, yep. so, okay, if they're not responding to you now, what does that maybe look like later, right? In the future, right. Yeah. And, you know, I can share a story of when I was moving back down from New York City about four or five years ago. Um, you know, I had an agent that was representing me, uh, you know, up in Northern Palm Beach County when you were uh, obviously down at way South in Broward at that point in time. Now right. um, but uh, I, I needed to buy a house. I was moving within about a month or two and I had to buy a house. Right. That right. was the gist of it. I must've called this guy probably about three or four times. <laughs> And texted him multiple times, and there was no response. Wow. Yeah. I remember the story. Can't so, mention names, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to mention any names. It's you know, obviously not worth it. It's not the point and things of that nature. But, you know, my second piece of advice would be call them or text them. Yep. See what you get. Yeah, and, and so important as well as, you know, we're all different human beings, and we all got different ways of communicating. And you want to deal with somebody that – that you can communicate with, that you're not going to have a problem with feelings. Remember, this is a business transaction and this is your emissary to the market. You got to be able to, to share how you feel and, and that person needs to be able to share with you as seller what, what's going on without getting all, all uh, call it your feathers all roughed up and whatever's going on. You've got to be in a position to deal with somebody with very well and, and that is called relationship everybody is able to deal with different people we're all different so you've got to pick somebody that actually actually is on the same plane as you and that really makes a huge difference because you can t you can talk things out it's not like um, he or she is in, in a different world compared to you or whatever the case is. You've got to be all on the same page. And that makes such a difference because at the end of the day, this is a team. You know, we've got our, our, our pieces. We've got our, uh, our back end where we've got people working for us. We've got admin and we've got photographers and we've got all these things. But part of that team is the seller. Absolutely. And in you know, many cases, yeah, that seller is the one who's, who's actually on, on a football team is going, to, is going to be the receiver. They're going to receive whatever we throw at them at the end of the day, but we've got to be able to talk to each other to get that receive. 
Yeah. One of the things that I usually ask my uh, listing or, or sellers to do is to, you know, provide a top five or 10 things that they love about their home that maybe we don't realize. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to know your home like you do. Absolutely. Right. You've lived there for five or 10 or 15 years. You know what you've done to it. You know what upgrades there are. You know that, you know, some things might be in the attic with special insulation or some things that we can't see. Yep. Those so, are yeah, so important questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's nobody, I don't care how good a realtor you think you are or, or, or you are, there's only one person who knows that home the best and, it's, and it really is the seller. And in many cases, what, what, what we try to do as well is even in our ad writing, it's a very, very good idea to ask your or let the realtor ask you and say, right, Mr. Seller, what is it that made you want to buy this home? Why do you love this home? What is it all about? And start to get that information. And that's usually a good base point to start when you're writing an, an advert on, on the home. Because that that feedback is giving you is priceless. No matter how good you are at writing, that feeling of that home is what makes that property a home. Yep. All right. So we talked about um, choosing the right agent. And I, again, I think we could talk a lot more about this, but I think everybody gets the point, right? We talked about presentation and condition inside and outside of the house. Uh, we talked about getting the home ready for sale. Um, what other factors do you think are maybe some of the most important ones? All right. You need a realtor. Now that the realtor wears so many different hats. Now we've done, let's call it the marketing. And now you've received all these offers. The realtor has to be able to look at that, those offers and compare it to what the market is and where you are and, and actually start to maybe even predict to a certain degree what the market's going to look like in the in the future, maybe three, six, and 12 months, and start to help you make some financial decisions. Not commission-based decisions, but decisions that are going to help you get you where you want at the highest possible price and the best kind of terms and conditions for you. That makes such a difference. And if your realtor is, is working what we call in the here and now, and just seeing the picture of a brokerage commission and not seeing you as a human and your, your exit strategy and where you need to be, sometimes it gets really cloudy. So you need somebody who's going to be really honest with you in your negotiation, know what's going on with market values, bring the two together and, and take you to the other side and actually almost hold your hand to the other side. Yeah, I mean, I think you started to hit on one of mine that were, was on my list, but um, I think price, right? Oof. Yes, and that's knowing the market and being realistic with market. And, and if you don't have a relationship with your, with your broker or your broker doesn't have a relationship with you, how can you even start talking that stuff if you, don't, if you can't talk? Because yeah. it just causes problems from day one. So that relationship build is price-based, of course, because you can talk real. And, and also giving good advice from day one, long before the offer even gets there, so that you've actually prepared true expectations 
and knowing that you, your, your broker is dealing with you on a daily basis or a weekly basis and talking and keeping you totally in line with what's happening out there, that will help you as the seller get you to the other side. You don't want to be on the outside looking in. You want to be part of it. You want to be in the game. And that's what your realtor needs to do, bring you into the game. You've got to be a receiver. You can't be the coach sitting on, on the sideline. It doesn't work because we're a team. Yeah, I mean, I think when sellers are looking at price of their home, it's very important to be objective. Totally. Um, you know, I think we, in general, as homeowners, think our house is probably one of the nicest on the block. And we think that we're special, right? Of course. Because, because to us, we are. You know, I lived here for five or 10 or 20 years. Um, I painted the walls the way I wanted them. I put the crown molding in that I wanted in it. I put the uh, tile that I wanted in. And mm -hmm. it is, it's very special to us. This is where my Absolutely. kids grew up. This is where, you know, they graduated from high school and, you know, it can be emotional. And we always think that ours is the best on the block because to us, it literally is the best on the block. Absolutely. I agree. I think trying to take that emotion out of it when pricing and really looking at the analytics and the data is really important and being objective to and acceptive uh, uh, to those analytics is really important because, I think one of the biggest mistakes, and we're going to get into some mistakes later, that home makers or home sellers make is they overprice the property. Absolutely. And, and you've got to be so careful with, with, with pricing. You know, I grew up in, a, in an old system. People used to laugh at us. We used to call it the New York system. So I wanted 100000 so I would put 10% on top of it. And that's how we started the negotiation and kind of meet halfway and see if we can get somewhere. You can't do that anymore. You know, the internet is a great tool. But the internet also can be a benefit and it can be a negative to you. In a, in a selling position with price, don't forget that there's tons of analytics and, and machines and robots and tools and API systems that allow you to kind of get value as a seller and a buyer. And if a property is priced too high over that market kind of value, you're going to get you're going to get skipped and you're going to get moved on because people will look at you and say, "Ah." Uh -uh, Mr. Seller there on ABC Street doesn't look like he's really serious because he's so overpriced. Let's go to the next one because people don't want to waste time anymore. Everybody's in a rush and the internet is allowing us as buyer and seller and broker for that matter to price things correctly. And, and you need to take heed of what your, your, your listing agent tells you and shows you. Not always tells you, but shows you because that everything that, that they say should always be backed by, by data and, and good information. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, while we're on the topic of this mistake, um, I think one of the biggest things that I see every single day is um, sellers and homeowners looking at Zillow's estimates and thinking that uh, those are very, very accurate. And the reality is most of the time yeah. they're not. Yeah, they, they definitely, there's, there's a reason why you go to Zillow. It, it kind of gives you your first rough estimate. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the reason you deal with a broker who's, who's totally familiar with the neighborhood, 
is to not only see today's value, yesterday's value and tomorrow's value, but he can actually see and know the difference between house A on Street Street Johnson and house B on, on, on Street Woodchuck Lane and compare apple for apple and know the difference. You know, one might have a new roof, another one doesn't. Other one has impact windows, another one doesn't. Another one has a, a brand new AC, the other one doesn't. Those are three major pieces, for instance, in the market today. That Zillow, that realtor.com, that whatever you want to call it, machine that gives you a value, doesn't take any of that into consideration. Well, let's talk about how those machines work to begin with, right? So everybody understands out there. <clears throat> so I've got a house. And if you envision a map, it's at point A. That house for a Zestimate or one of those computer, the way the algorithms work is it takes every single family house if yours is a single family if it's a condo it'll take the condos so on and so forth anywhere from a mile to two and a half miles out depending on the data mm -hmm. where you live now if you have a five hundred thousand dollar house and you're surrounded by 700 800 and million dollar neighborhoods what the zestimate is going to do it's going to over inflate the price of your zestimate absolutely so in other words your development it's literally so localized and specific by development so in other words my development's 500,000 the de next development over is 800,000 my zestimate's going to come up about 50 to 75 grand and it's going to show me 575 even though my neighborhood is you know or my house is 500,000 absolutely so or, careful or the opposite could happen I've seen this too. I had a client last year that this happened to. So Troy, um, he, he, he called me up. I went down. Uh, we did a CMA for him. And my number came up at 335000 Right. His number, because everything around him was 200000 225 And all the developments were a little bit lower priced than his. His Zestimate that he got off Zillow was 315000 Right. Yep. Yep. So I said, oh. Troy, I'm like, I know you want to price it at 315000 I get it. And that's what you want out of the house. What if I can get you fifteen dollars to $20,000 more? He's like, you can really do that? Of course, I show him the data. We put it on the market. We show it for a couple weeks. And then, boom, we get him three thirty. So fifteen thousand dollars more than he would have gotten if we went with his pricing. Yeah. So data. that's yeah, that's an exact uh, an example of these estimates working against you because, again, I'll use the five hundred thousand dollar example. If your five hundred thousand dollar example has three and four hundred thousand dollar houses and communities around it, that estimate is going to pull your price down. Absolutely. So it can work Absolutely. for you or against you. Against you every time. Well, you, uh, uh, there's an old story that that, that we used to do, to tell um, the CEO of, of, of Zillow a couple of years ago actually listed his property according to his Zillow estimate, and it was in Southern California. I think LA was the area, and it came in at at like I think it was like six and a half million dollars, and and. It sold, it took a period of time, it sold for 50% less 
Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the market. It's just because that analytic, the way that it, it, it did the mapping, mapped a part of Beverly Hills that his house wasn't in, and it just shut the, the, the values up. So guess what? Even the CEO of Zillow used it, screwed it, and came out the other side and lost. So you kind of got to know what's going on. That's why you got to use a broker who knows what they're doing and is on the ground, boots on the ground, touching and feeling and smelling the properties around them. Yeah. So uh, pricing, obviously, extremely important. We talked about condition presentation, extremely important. We talked about marketing, photography, videography, the total package being extremely important and how important it is to really get out to the masses. Um, let's talk about, let's continue on this trend with, uh, with, with top mistakes. So, uh, what are some of the other top mistakes that you see homeowners making or sellers making? Uh, right now you've, you've, you've got to be kind of negotiable. I'm not talking about the price. You got you, you got to look at, at the scenario that you're dealing with, um, Nothing, nothing should be in concrete. You, you must be available and want to be able to move things around and manipulate and soften things to make a transaction go through. That, I think, right now in the last 30 to probably 40 days is the biggest problem and concern I'm seeing. I'm seeing transactions fall apart because there is no play and understanding and maneuverability. You've got to do that, especially now, because right now as a seller, because you're getting such a high price per square foot for your house, you've got to have some real expectations of what's to come after that that offer is made. Know that there's going to be negotiation at, at inspections. Know that you might hit another wall when the house has to go to appraisal. These are the, the problems we're seeing right now that are really affecting the market. We probably to the effect of 20 to 30% to homes right now that go under contract are on the market 15 to 30 days later because they, they aren't able to negotiate or they're not given very good advice on how to, to control um, and move through those processes of the transaction to get it to closing. I think it's uh, really interesting how um, a lot of sellers are extremely concerned about, um, you know, how much money they're making on the front end and what their net's going to be. And what they don't really realize is by taking a few simple steps, they can save a ton of money even more on the back end, right? Absolutely. So if they're proactive and they know something's not working in the house, they can make the necessary repair or potentially replace it. Yep. You know, um, you know, so that they don't get hammered during the inspection process, Mm -hmm. because if you think from a buyer standpoint, right, you know, buyers want to buy a house that looks great, good condition and is functional when they move in, they want it ready to go. Right. Turnkey ready. Absolutely. They don't want to necessarily most times, most times they don't want to necessarily deal with fixing things or doing the repairs or things of that nature. They'll just move on to the next property. That would be first choice, no doubt. And especially right now, because 
we're selling real estate now for such such high numbers. People want it done. The bigger the bigger problem that that I'm also seeing as well is that a lot of buyers are unfortunately pushed into a corner right now because of multiple offer situations, and they kind of buy something that maybe they should have maybe renegotiated a little better, maybe at inspections and so on, and they don't. And what happens is that later down the line, I'm not talking next year, maybe the following year or the next couple of years, these things are going to come back and bite them. With that said, where did I get that information from? As a listing agent, I know exactly how to manipulate those scenarios. And I hate to say it, but I have a fiduciary to my to the person I'm working for, how to do that. And there's a reason we look at the, the whole process and see how we can get that person the highest goal. And whoever I'm representing is how I'm going to get that highest goal. Yeah. So definitely the inspection part is really, really important and, and not either being proactive or making the necessary repairs or replacements uh, when the inspector finds those things is a big mm. mistake that a seller will make. Yep. Uh, that pre-inspection that we've got, I think, uh, talk about that pre-inspection, that, uh, that, that product that we had the other day that we do at, uh, when we list the property. So we fix the, um, the problem and, and the expectations before we even go. Yeah, I mean, so pre-inspection means you're getting a lot of this stuff done and addressed before yet before it even hits market, so it doesn't hit you on the back end. Yeah. Yep. That makes a huge difference. You know, you, you're prepared, so so your expectations are set as the seller, and, and 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 you've done the repairs. So now what happens is when the buyer walks in the door, a couple of things. The first thing they see is wow everything's done here and instead of you them walking in and saying wow okay there's problems that i can visually see if i can visually see problems i wonder what i can't see and that starts the process rolling before it even starts so yeah that presentation preparation that's part of of making sure that you're going to get get to the highest possible price and also give the, the, the consumer the buyer on the other side something really good because remember that at the end of the day, this is a home and you selling your home to someone else who's going to make it their home. It's, in most cases, it's not a pro property or an investment. It's home and, and you want to make it as good as possible. Yep. I think uh, one of the other biggest mistakes that I see um, sellers and their agents make is during the appraisal process. And, you know, you talked a little bit about earlier and throughout the podcast around like homes are going for top dollar now, which means that a buyer is willing to pay X amount of dollars for the house. The seller is selling it for that amount. But there's a, this third party called the bank that will sometimes not appraise it uh, for what the buyer is willing to pay for it. And I, I think that um, by agents not maybe having the comps of the neighborhood, uh, you know, being there during the appraisal, showing the upgrades, showing the numbers of the neighborhoods, and really fighting for that appraisal price. A lot of times these, these homes aren't appraising. Absolutely. And especially now, now you talk about boots on the ground. You, you, you need to be so proactive as a listing agent 
when it comes to appraisal, because right now I spoke about uh, division for division. There's such a difference in, in values in the last 90 days. When you see a, a division go up 10, 15% in 90 days from like 250 to $300 a square foot, you have to be able to show that. So not only do you have to show house for house and value for value and, and upgrade for upgrade. You need to put all of that in there. And you also have got to get information from your, your, your fellow real estate agents in that subdivision to see what's going on and get a feel of, of what buyers are saying and share this information with the appraiser because the appraiser has no idea. He's coming in blind. He's coming in with pure data. He needs you to be almost the emissary and your seller absolutely needs you to be the emissary to get that value to where it is because th th there is a huge lag right now between what a buyer and seller are prepared to do and negotiate a price compared to what the appraiser is seeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've also seen where, <clears throat> you know, appraisers have made mistakes on appraisals and had to go back and fix them because, and then it caused the appraisal and the home not to appraise because of that mistake. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a very important piece that, Matt, you know, we talk about um, appraisals and good appraisals and bad appraisals, you know, something that a lot of folks don't know. And, and it, a lot of real estate agents don't even know this. If, if you're selling your house and you purchase your purchases coming in with, with what we call a VA loan or a federal housing association loan, that appraisal, that he does or she does for that property, if it sells or closes or doesn't, is going to hang around with that property for 90 days. So, yeah. so you, you best make sure that that appraiser gets good information because if, if that deal hypothetically had to die and the values were going up and another client comes along and wants to do an FHA, that primary um, appraisal that was done is going to be the one that they're going to use for the next 90 days with right. the next buyer. And to fight that appraisal, it can be done, but it is not easy to fight <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. How many of you have won? Uh, one out I, of, how many? I fought one and I won a reappraisal. Uh, this was, uh, I was representing the buyers. They weren't happy with the appraisal. We fought, we got it reappraised. Yeah. I told them that even though those mistakes were made, the data, even if we took that one house out, was going to be the same putting another house in. And uh, it was funny because, of course, as buyers, they wanted the appraisal to come in lower so they could save a couple thousand dollars. Right. Uh, but by removing the mistake on the house that was made and putting in another house in the community, in its place, it actually increased the appraisal by five thousand dollars. Dollars, wow! So that I happens. was, yeah, you got it. And you, as realtors, need to know that. Yep. And you, uh, by comparing apple for apple, and so sometimes it works to your benefit, and sometimes it doesn't. In your if case, because your representation, you know, sometimes the buyer doesn't listen to you, and sometimes the seller doesn't listen to you. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's happened once where I've, uh, in the last year where I've had to fight it and I've actually won it. That's did, good. Be it didn't, that's a hard change. battle. Yeah. It's a hard battle. Oh, it was not an easy battle to fight. It was every day on the phone for probably about a week with the bank. They do not like to go against uh, an appraiser and especially the appraiser who now has been put on, 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 
on guard saying that, hey, the way that you ran those numbers isn't good, doesn't always work out very well. So, you know, the, those uh, a, new, a new appraisal coming in or a changed appraisal, it's very difficult to get. Yep, it can be done, but very difficult. What other, uh, what other recommendations do you have for sellers, Dave? Anything that maybe we haven't touched on yet or any words of wisdom? Right now, price your house well. Have a good realty in play. Make sure that the world knows that your property is for sale. No matter what it takes, listen to your, your real estate agent. They, and if it's a good real estate agent, they know what they're talking about and take heed. And, and things will work out really well for you. But in the same breath, don't make your house become the stock market. Don't try and ride it to its maximum as you know, how many people can do that in the stock market? Very, very few. So right now is a hot time. Is it going to be hot in six months? Maybe, maybe not. So, so take a look at your exit strategy and, and maybe look at the number. Don't think that it's always going to keep going up because you can be assured it isn't. It is a bubble. So take heed of when you want to sell that property. Yep. And if you want more information in regards to, you know, is it a good time to sell or to, is it a good time to buy? You can listen to that on our one of our previous podcasts uh, for State of the Market, where we really dig into that in detail. Mm -hmm. That was good, that. Yeah. I mean, I say we covered all the big bases. I think hiring the right person to do the job is probably the most important thing because then they can help you with everything that comes after and getting all of that right. Absolutely. Um, you know, the pricing piece of it, um, you know, the condition and presentation piece of it, the marketing piece of it, because look, at the end of the day, you and I both know that a house only does not sell or sells for one mm -hmm. of really three big reasons. A, yep. the price, B, the condition, and then C, the lack of marketing or marketing. Absolutely. That presentation. <laughs> So yep. important. So it's either one of those three things or potentially a combination of those three things is why your house is either going to sell or it's not going to sell. Absolutely agreed. And, you know, the more people who see it at its best is only going to affect one thing, and it's going to be your bottom line as the seller. Yep. All right. Anything else, my friend? That is it. Thank you so much, Matt. I think that covers all our bases for today. All right, cool. Uh, thanks, everybody, again, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Once again, you can definitely leave your feedback and give us a review. Uh, let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what your questions are. Dave, if they need to reach you, where, where can they reach you? Best way to contact me, probably by telephone. Um, use my cell number. You can text me at that number as well. That is 754-581-5077. Okay. And uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with me by text or by phone call, it's 954-295-7540. And uh, if you want to email me, mattgelling at keys.com, K-E-Y-E-S.com. All right. Thanks, Dave. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the South Florida Real Estate Radio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got some great information out of it. 
please leave us a rating. Please leave us a review. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. What are your big questions around real estate? Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye.